Rhinomed, Trades of Code, RNO, um, and really the company seeks to radically improve the way people breathe, sleep, and maintain their health and uh, take medication as well. Um, it does this through a innovative medtech platform, and, and one of the key successes, I think, uh, of Rhinomed uh, sort of achievements really over the over the years has been gaining access to distribution in the U.S. pharmacy sector, um, which is quite remarkable. We're, they're, they're, I'm not sure of too many other medical products, Australian medical products, that have achieved such wide distribution in the U.S. Uh, retail sector. I've uh, I've used this uh, mute product personally on myself, which stops snoring, which uh, my wife uh, was quite keen on me uh, using uh, as often as possible. It helps, um, helps my sleep and, and her sleep every night. So, Michael, uh, we've known each other for some time. I know you often say your strongest supporters uh, on market and from an investment perspective are those that started by uh, trying the product out. Thank you, Warwick. Yeah, it sort of goes back to the a lot of investors may recall, if they're old enough, the Victor Kayam Remington um, comment that he said, I like it so much I bought the company. And certainly we do indeed uh, sort of encourage people to try the product before they invest because um, there's nothing like nothing like doing that as a form of due diligence. So um, thank you for everyone for your time today. I, like Jimmy, I'll try and keep this short and sharp. Um, Rhinomed, as, as Warwick said, is a commercial stage nasal upper respiratory technology company. We're really addressing some major global markets that really focus around the way you breathe. Um, sport, obviously, is one, sleep, and then the impact of nasal um, respiration on nausea, allergy, um, congestion, and, of course, a whole range of respiratory issues. Um, pleasingly, as Warwick just mentioned, we've uh, we recently announced that we further expanded our store count and actually reached our target for 2020, which was 20,000 stores globally. The vast majority of these are in the US, and they include the big ones, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, etc. We're in Boots in the UK, and of course, we have a strong and growing online presence, primarily through Amazon, but looking to diversify that, and I'll get to that later. Prior to, of course, coronavirus and the COVID pandemic, we actually achieved a, a record quarterly figure of 1.3 million and we are well and truly on track to reach our targets. Obviously, we've seen the impact of, um, of the consumer, the impact on consumer spending and uh, consumer sentiment and indeed consumer traffic as a result of the lockdown and that's going to impact our Q4 a little bit. One of our targets was increasing up our product numbers from four to eight by the end of 2021. We had two products in market this time last year. We've now got four, and I'll explain what those are shortly. As I mentioned, we've hit our target of 20,000 stores globally, and we see a really strong pipeline going forward as well um, into 2021. And we're also entering later this year with our partner, Columbia Care, the global CBD or cannabinoid market. Um, and we'll, we'll, I'll talk to that a little bit later on as well. Ultimately, and it's important investors realise this, is this is a platform technology. We are a platform device. We have a number of applications, but it's all predicated on the idea that you will wear this product. And so the last couple of years, we've invested very heavily in socialising this concept, and I'll show you how we're doing that. Critically, as a platform play, we have designed our platform such that it throws off very high gross margins, and we have an average gross margin of 70%. I'll explain how that works down the track. We've got a low fixed cost base of around 5 million Australian per annum, and most of our R&D has indeed taken place already. So we're actually exploiting 
the previous year's um, R&D over the next coming years. Corporate overview, unfortunately, uh, the market has, of course, impacted uh, um, share prices, you can see. Now, we actually have a rights issue. Oops. We actually have a rights issue underway at the moment, um, allowing shareholders to participate at 6.5, uh, 7.7 cents. Um, that's seeking to raise 6.5 million. Um, that's fully underwritten by a larger shareholder, Mr. Whitney George, who is the Chief Investment Officer of Sprott. As you can see on that slide, he controls around 28% of the company. We have um, a pretty experienced board. Ron Dewhurst, our chair, used to run uh, JP Morgan's Asset Management Division out of New York. Brent Scrimshaw used to run Nike out of Europe. And Professor Eric Knight has just been appointed today the head of um, the dean of the Macquarie Business School in Sydney. So we've got a well-experienced and a very innovative um, board as well. As I mentioned before, this is a nasal platform. It's got a novel nasal technology that goes inside the nose, gently opens up the nose. We have full patent protection and a wide patent families that allow us to do not just simple stenting, but a range of other different applications. So we've got a protected portfolio. But more than that, we're commercialising products. And not just commercialising, we have Class 1 registration in the US, Europe, Taiwan, Australia, of course, Canada, and we're continuing to expand that. We'll be looking at China and Japan shortly. Four products in market, four new products to be launched on market by the end of 21, so a strong pipeline of opportunity. As Warwick mentioned up front, we are one of those rare Australian companies where we actually have a true global presence. We're actually bigger in the US than we are in Australia. Australia is a great test market. But more importantly, these relationships allow us to bring other, market, other products to market, and I'll explain what those are shortly. And more importantly, the, the real uh, proof of the, of the pudding in any platform is whether you can license it. We have actually successfully licensed our technology to a company called Columbia Care, which is a US-based cannabis company, and they're looking at nasal delivery of cannabinoids. And we seek uh, to further expand our licensing and business development op opportunities over the next coming years because we certainly think that the nose is a great site for not just um, drug delivery but also a range of other opportunities as well. As you can see from this slide, we've delivered 50% year-on-year revenue growth. Um, by the end of Q3, we, we nearly hit the full previous year's uh, revenues. So it was a record quarterly. Um, pleasingly, our store count is we've achieved that target six months prior to the end of the year. We've got the four products on market. And we certainly see that both revenue growth in the future is going to be driven by increasing store count, increasing product numbers on market and also the continued sell-through of our key existing products, mainly the mute product. So on the products distribution and licensing, we have four products on market. Turbine is our sport product that's been worn by Olympic athletes. We, uh, if I think if uh, Rhinomir was a country in the Rio Olympics, we came, I think it was 42nd in the medal tally. We had Olympic athletes wearing our device. Chris Froome, who won the Tour de France, is a, not only wears it but also is a shareholder. Mute is our, our flagship product. That's the one that is now the fastest growing product in the snoring category in the US. And then in the last six months in particular, we've released the Pronto Sleep and Pronto Clear, which I'll talk to shortly. So that's the existing product lineup from which we are now generating revenues. Sport, as I mentioned, it's, uh, it's the way we socialize um, people with the use of the technology. And it's, uh, as you can see there, it's, um, it's been around for a while and it's continuing to do a continue, it's a really small niche product, but single digit uh, revenue contributions. 
Ute is the flagship product, 70% gross margins. We retail this for around $20 US, so you can work out the rough gross margins there that we generate. Our average wholesale price is around $11 US. All our transactions are in US dollars as well, so we have a bit of a natural hedge there. Pronto is a new technology. This is introducing a new form of the technology which includes a vapor release, and that allows us to uh, release a range of different medicaments. Pronto Sleep helps you get to sleep, whilst Pronto Clear is a nasal decongestant. We have uh, developed our own version of a VIX formulation, and this is the product that's now going into over 6,000 stores in the US later in this year, in around September, October. Um, critical, of course, for any company is the technology and the patent protection, but also critically of value to us is, of course, the retail distribution. And you can see on this slide that we're partnering with premium retail partners in North America and indeed the rest of the world as well. Finally, the real growth opportunity is sitting around the um, online, as you will no doubt be aware through the coronavirus pandemic, that increasing on, uh, focus on online and e-commerce is it's, well, it's just increased in, in, in quantum and importance. We're increasing, increase, continuing to increase our presence there. We're on Amazon in Australia, the US and the UK, and we'll be expanding that presence shortly with some other major platforms and also looking at the China market in particular. Finally, in terms of the CBD rollout, this is through our partner Columbia Care in the US. As you'd all be aware, the cannabis market is a significant opportunity and the nasal delivery has some real advantages in the sense that uh, the retailers in particular don't like looking at vaping pens, obviously, because of the obvious reasons there. Um, ingestion creates a problem because you don't, you can't, it's not reliable and predictable, the results. So nasal, nasal delivery has a real benefit there. Um, the candidate, the licensing deal with Columbia Care, it's a 12-year exclusive to the US um, and a real double-digit royalty rate as well. So we're particularly pleased that uh, that we managed to be able to negotiate that prior to the farm bill going through. Finally, the, and I'll certainly allow, happy to take questions on the pipeline, but there is a range of different opportunities, both internally and externally, as it relates to what you can do if you can convince people to wear something in the nose, which we are actively doing. So finally, in terms of the outlook, the key catalyst that investors should look out for is obviously the release of new products, the release of the CBD product through our partner, Columbia Care. We're expanding the distribution and we've managed clearly shown that we can do that. Um, but we're seeking to be in close to 30,000 stores by the end of next calendar year. Um, the potential for licensing tech uh, transactions down the track as this platform increases in value and really from a simple revenue perspective, we're seeking to increase our revenue significantly and get to not only cash flow um, sustainability, but actually hopefully down track getting even to profitability, which is obviously critically important. So Warwick, on that note, I'll, uh, I'll finish up and happy to take questions. Great, thanks very much, uh, Michael. You, you mentioned the, um, obviously the US pharmacies and the, that distribution that you've uh, achieved there over the over the years. Could you just maybe provide some colour into the actual process of um, sure. sort of kicking those goals? Sure. So um, for those who don't know, the major retailers do category reviews on an annual basis. Um, you really need to demonstrate that you can move the product off the shelf. They have uh, clear hurdles you need to achieve each year to make sure that you do. To provide some context, the biggest competitor for our mute product is the Breathe Right Strip that's owned by GSK. 
That's been around since the 90s. It's been the, the leader and it still is the leader. However, what's been particularly pleasing is that the new product is now the fastest growing product in that snoring category, growing faster than GSK's breathe right strip. Why that is relevant is that in 2007, GSK bought the breathe right strip for 566 million US. Um, so there is a, there's an existing franchise, and that's just focused on snoring, so there's not, a, not many other things you could do with the, the strip across the nose. So it really validates that um, there's a market there. Secondly, it validates the value of a, of a play in the broader sleep market. With the retailers, as I said, it's a 12-month category review process. You have to make sure you can demonstrate you can move products off the category, out of the category, out of the store. Um, and we've managed to do that. And the initial getting mute into, whilst that took some time, and actually we've slowly been growing that presence, that presence, that reputation, the ability to develop those relationships has now allowed us to fast track um, companies that are adopting our new technology, the Pronto range. Um, and we've seen that just recently with the announcement that we're going to over 6,000 stores with Pronto with just one retailer, which is no mean feat. Right. So you, you mentioned, um, obviously, the, the new product range, uh, Pronto. Um, so you've gone from one product to, to, to four products. Um, what, what does that do to your sort of you know, potential revenues over the next uh, couple of years? And um, what, what's, what's next cap off the rank in terms of product? Sure. So in terms of the, pro the new product sits within the sleep category. Um, the sleep category, of course, is, one of the, is certainly growing in importance and growing fast. The Pronto Clear, it sits in a different category. It sits within the cough cold category. The cough cold category is probably one of the fastest moving categories in terms of the numbers of consumers who shop that category. Obviously, um, everything from nasal congestion, allergy, even to seasonal cough cold and flus, that's where people go. So having a product in that category is a real, um, I think revenue generator for us, we certainly see the ability to diversify into other categories will have a very accretive effect on our revenue. So we, we certainly expect to see revenue growth in line with what we've sort of seen previously um, on an annualised basis. Um, in terms of what's next, there's some really exciting opportunities to further expand um, what we can do with this technology, just the Pronto range. We could, we're looking at a, um, an anti-anxiety product we're looking at anti-nausea products. We're looking at further extending our presence in the sleep category using the same technology. And then, of course, looking at the cannabis space, what we can do with um, looking at cannabis in particular, how it can resolve further sleep issues, how it can resolve anxiety issues, um, et cetera. So we sort of see that as we can add more formulations into the, into the lineup, we can address further major issues, consumer issues, and indeed clinical issues. So just a, a question from uh, Luke here, and I, I think you might have already uh, addressed part of this question, um, but he's really just asking about costs and uh, sort of the growth rate of, of costs versus uh, revenue. Yep. Um, I guess it's a scale question, Michael. Indeed. We, um, in terms of the, um, our major cost is really sits around marketing and advertising, promotional costs. That's a variable cost, so we, even though we have a fixed low cost base, it's the variable cost that drives the revenue. We uh, have a model, we model our marketing expenditure based on the idea that for every $1 we invest, we seek to generate $1 plus a significant factor back. Um, currently we're at about $2.85. <coughs> our target is significantly greater than that. 
we're able to monitor and we're constantly mix, um, changing that marketing mix to improve it. Um, to give you some indication of how the breakdown of revenues are, around 30% of our revenues are generated from online sales with the remaining 70% coming through the traditional retail channels. We see that both of them are important. The presence in the pharmacy gives you a level of uh, brand equity and gravitas and credibility that you can't go get just from being online. So that's a critical aspect. Over time, we would see that our revenues, our marketing expenditure will increase in line with revenue. So we certainly see, if you look at the way that the, I think, Breathe Right still generate about 150, 100 million, 150 million US globally, um, may even be more than that. So there's a significant opportunity there. We need to increase our brand awareness to drive revenue. And that's certainly the key focus over the next 12 to 36 months. Right. Thanks very much, uh, Michael. I think we'll um, we'll leave it there and um, start uh, start moving on to our next uh, our next presenter. But thanks uh, thanks for your time today, Michael. Thanks so much.